Everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Crash Bang Boom podcast. I got a guest on today I've been wanting to talk to since I heard the first Velveteen record. Come Laude or Come Loud or Come Load. Think of a few ways to say that. Uh, I'm going to leave that up to you as to which one you prefer. That drummer would be Casey Dietz. And Casey's one of my favorites when it comes to backbeat dropping, beat flipping, spazzy yet groovy power punk playing is that enough adjectives for you we caught up to talk about our mutual love for 90s rock including chavez polvo and shiner and how those influences stand the test of time we also get into the writing process of the velveteen and casey's personal approach to writing a drum part lastly we touch on touring his love for japan and a velveteen gig that devolved to a full-on fist fight casey also talks about his other projects and plans for the rest of 2017 before we delve into the episode, one thing that I do want to mention is that as a fan of Fagazi and someone who saw that band uh, many times growing up, one of the th- first things that I thought of actually when I saw the Velveteen, uh, I felt as though I was witnessing some sort of lineage to Fagazi, maybe with a touch of Hella and Square Pusher and some other sort of esoteric sort of noise synth something rock. But it, which it's ultimately their own, something that they have to stamp on, something that they do, and no one else does it as well as they do it. So somewhere between the melodic, but a little off-kilter vocals, coupled with 90s gu- noise guitars and Casey's frenetic, but grooving drumming, and of course, bizarre synth lines and soundscapes, Velveteen really have their own thing going on. And uh, they're a killer band, and one that I always look forward to when it comes to either seeing them live or whatever it is that they're putting out. So... It was definitely cool talking to Casey, being a fan of that band. So here we go. Get up on it. Without further ado, Crash Bang Boom! Casey Dietz, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. It's really hot, and I t- just went on a bike ride, and yeah, it's really, really hot out there. But you're in LA right now? Yeah, I'm in uh, West Covina right now. Did you? Uh, you recently moved out there, huh? Yeah, I. Uh, my boyfriend has a house here, and so I moved down uh, a couple months ago. I think April, late April. So um, okay, yeah, it's been awesome been really great really how do you you like it thus far yeah i mean like there's definitely good and bad things about like la but <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah i'm i like for the most part it's been really great just like super different and um lots of really good food and uh yeah living with my boyfriend is great too i mean that's just like the best thing 
What uh did you grow you grew up around uh Santa Rosa or, or where uh, did you grow up? Chico, California. It's a it's like a little college town up um kind of an hour and a half north of uh Sacramento. Played in a few bands there and then uh yeah, moved to Santa Rosa in I think 2007. Okay. And then yeah, I was there for 10 years. Is that where you when you were doing um when you were doing the Velvet Teen, where you were living you were living in the Santa Rosa area? Or the Chico area, I guess. Yeah, when I first joined, I was still living in Chico and just like commuting. It was like a three-hour drive, and I would. Uh, where was Where was Velveteen based out of? L.A. Uh, Santa Rosa and like Petaluma area. Yeah, like Sonoma County. So we would practice in. Oh, the- nice! It's beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, and our our practice space that we that we used to play at it was like Josh's uh, Josh's mom's like backyard had a little shed. And it's like, and there's like rolling hills and. Yeah, it was just it was really pretty. How did you end up? How did you end up joining the Velvet Team? Because you joined a full, full, full force, I guess, on the Come Loud record. Yeah, that was that was a uh, actually the first thing I played on was um, a song on the bonus. It's like a bonus track on the uh, the Elysium LP uh, called Okay, and uh, that was like our my first song that I recorded with them. And then uh, yeah, Come Loud was the first uh, full length. That's cool, man. That's there's some fucking pretty crazy drumming. I just revisited that record. Uh, that was the first record that I, I heard of that band and and with you drumming on it. Um, and there's a crazy song. I could be fucking up the title, but is it how how to build a whale or something like that? Uh, building a whale, yeah. What was the origin of that, man? Did that start with just some crazy drum stuff that you were doing, or was that a reaction to a song that was brought in? Uh, that started out. I think Judah first wrote that that synth line like the main synth line that goes throughout and then um i was just trying to to match that it just kind of the beat just kind of came out of nowhere and i know like judah wanted to do some more idm like square pusher apex twin stuff like we were getting pretty into that and yeah i could i could see that for sure yeah so i just wanted to do something with that kind of vibe but with um you know just like a it's a real drum set so i was just trying to play the craziest shit that i could and (laughs) yeah i most of that that album is is just like improv and we wrote it so fast it was like i was just kind of winging it like most of the time really yeah when it came to duplicating that live did you did you just keep the improvisational spirit in that performance or did you try to replicate what you did on the record or uh i think it was like i kind of after playing it so long i kind of got the the feel and the pattern of and like the vibe of uh-huh. how i wanted to play the song I think the the recording version it was like all like nervous energy, <laughs> and then just kind of after yeah. the fact, I can like, oh, this is how this song should should be played or whatever, and and kind of got more into like the groove of it, and uh, but still, I always have like improvisational parts and parts where I just like kind of fuck off and have fun, do whatever. <laughs>
who else, um, uh, influence wise, you mentioned square pusher, man. I don't know if you had a chance to see, uh, Adam Betts playing, um, with a uh, show Leader one square pushers live band. Have you seen that I, yet? I have only seen video of it. Yeah. That shit's fucking awesome. Yeah. I would love to see them live, man. Sometime. Uh, yeah, dude, if they come through, definitely go check them out. I, um, I just saw them about a week ago or so. Uh, and it was, man, Adam is just killing it. And I saw, uh, three trap tigers, his other band playing live, like a couple of weeks prior to that. And that was totally badass. So I got to see him on a couple of different gigs and, uh, my God, man, yeah, they come through, go check that shit out. <laughs> yeah. All, all the stuff I've seen has been amazing, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure they'll come through sometime. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hope so, man. Um, Zach Hill. Did you ever get much into Zach Hill? I just interviewed a guy and we started talking a little bit about him and his playing. I was wondering if you were influenced at all by him. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, big death grips fan, uh, big hella fan. When they first came out, I saw them in a, uh, in a basement in Davis and it was like unmatchable. The guy is a fucking wizard, just untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew it was just like it, no one else could do that. Yeah, it's always just like uh, it's such an amazing experience, like seeing him perform. He played in, um, I think, in Sebastopol when I was living in Santa Rosa. It was just him and um, the other guy from uh, Death Grips, uh, Flatlander. It's like the, the producer guy. It was just them making like just going full throttle like for half an hour. Just Zach Hill. It was like, yeah, it was a mind-blowing noise improv stuff but he was just like he wouldn't he didn't take a break for like <laughs> the whole time it was just like half an hour so i really I don't know how he can play like that yeah it was it was a uh... i mean he's a fucking tornado that's kind of how i had to a tornado of chops and crazy rudiments and like i was talking to a guy i interviewed yesterday uh his form like how he literally at the time at least when i saw him with hella his he was kind of hunched over and i was just like i wonder is he gonna die like is he gonna get through this performance it was just insane <laughs> oh yeah my god it's, yeah it's definitely like pushing the put like human potential <laughs> he's like an athlete he should be yeah, in the olympics there's definitely or some serious yeah. athleticism yeah involved in that yeah uh growing up man when did you uh when did you first start playing drums 95 i think i was probably about like 12 or I got my first okay. drum set. It was like a red pearl export, and uh -huh. I, which I don't have anymore, unfortunately. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, just before that, I just I would go in a music store, like the the music store in town, and just kind of sit and play with my fingers and and everything. I think the first song I learned was like Nirvana "Dive." Oh, cool! I would, that was my song that I would play all the time. And before that, my mom had these big aluminum uh, cat kibble containers. That I kind of like flipped over uh -huh. and like would play on those, and that was like kind of my first drum set. I mean, did um once that they saw some potential in you, and you decided okay, I I want to get a drum set, and they were cool with that. And did you have it set up in the house, just banging and, and blasting them out the house? I really wanted to rent a snare one time, maybe like eight or nine or something like that. I wanted to rent a snare drum really uh -huh. bad, and she was like really against it. But finally, she just kind of gave in, and we rented it for like a couple of days or something, and and uh. I think I got like quickly bored with it, <laughs> but I was like, I want like a full drum set now. This is just a snare. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just like saved up all the money and that I had and for like weeks and weeks and 
bought this drum set from this guy that I eventually like took lessons from. But uh, yeah, she she Damn. was uh my parents are really supportive with the drumming and the music and everything. They maybe take a piano lessons and I took sax lessons and I know they wanted to have music in me and my sister's life like early on so which was mm-hmm. re- really cool what does your sister play uh she played the piano too and she um she does she did a lot of singing and like theater stuff and uh she still does like some singing stuff she was in the the golden overtones which is like the the uc berkeley kind of like acapella group for a while oh interesting yeah and my parents don't really have any musical history they just are just fans really yeah I don't really remember any of the lessons, <laughs> like piano stuff, muscle memory stuff, I guess. What kind of stuff was being played in the house uh, with your parents? My dad played a lot of like Zeppelin, uh, Hendrix, and some other blues stuff. A lot of like reggae and jazz. We, we definitely listened to like kind of blue, like at least uh-huh. like once or twice a week or so. When you first started, uh, once you got your kit and you were, like you said, you were saying that you were uh, playing along with Nirvana records and stuff. Is there uh, any other records that in those formative years that you can look back on and, and, and think to yourself, wow, I think that that was probably super influential even maybe to this day, like some of some lasting influential stuff from the early years of your playing? Yeah, I mean, definitely watching Nirvana on MTV and seeing uh, the Live and Loud performance. I think it was New Year's Eve, 1993 three or four yeah yeah um i watched the shit out of that i taped that when when it happened and i just would just watch that all the time and so i think from that it kind of grew into this obsession of filming like a uh in chico we were fortunate to have like a a pretty good music scene these great indie bands would come through and the bands that i was in would get to open for them and i'd just like film the whole thing and just like kind of watch those over and over and kind of study it and then you were making your own instructional videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Self-taught that way, I guess. Really? So you never, you didn't do much in the way of um, like formal studying or anything necessarily with lessons? No, not, not really. Just, um, I took some lessons from the guy that I, I bought my first kit from, uh, it was like three months or so. And he just, I answered like a lot of basic questions that I had. And, uh, I think we learned a few things from that, a funky primer that book it was like a drum uh-huh. like like a drum book and he kind of like yeah, helped yeah. me how to to read music do you still read to this day no i haven't read it <laughs> actually a friend recommended <laughs> a book for me and i was like i don't know if i can do that but yeah, i, I want to start again you know it's just i i got some time to i'd like to learn some of that stuff again back to um to the velvet teen uh i know you've done i guess y'all did the no star ep and then you put out all is illusory yeah are you still are you still doing the velvet teen yes we're playing a show in september we're going back to japan uh in september too doing a tour there and uh that's very yeah that's all we got planned and i mean uh actually i'm gonna go up next week and for like the weekend and we're just gonna have like a marathon kind of like writing session probably record some stuff we talked a little bit on it um 
uh, talking about that song uh, in particular, I guess. But the writing process of that band is, uh, does any one member bring in kind of fully written songs or is it far more collaborative? Yeah, Judah will bring in pretty much like a whole song, like a, a demo of it usually. or And we'll just kind of like start working off of that. And then just start like nitpicking and kind of dissecting and, and pulling it apart and stuff. And my, my writing process for my drums is like, I need to have like, I need to be recording everything. <laughs> I do a lot of demoing and it's hard for me to like, not want to just like play a bunch of things. Like just, I need to, I need to just like play what I want to play. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to describe. <laughs> I mean, for me, I know that like I, I need to I record everything as well just because I don't really it's so hard as well, especially when you're just improv and um, to have a sense of really what's going on. So to then be able to be uh, have that objective moment where you could sit down and listen back to what you did and then kind of pick through it. Yeah. To be like, that's cool. That that almost was a fuck up. Maybe I could turn that fuck up into a part or something like that. That's yeah. that's kind of the way I roll. Yeah, uh, is totally that similar kind of to what you do. Yeah, definitely. With the uh, with the Velveteen, where are they based out of now? Are they are they in L.A.? Or They're no? still in uh, Santa Rosa area, Petaluma area. What what is your commute L.A. to to Santa Rosa? That driving is about uh, I think it's about six hours. Oh damn! Yeah, I'll be I'll be flying this time. That's a pretty short flight. Nice. Yeah, I think this will work better. Just having like a block of time just to knock out a ton of stuff. I'm hoping. Right, right. I hear you. I'm looking forward to it. I really liked that last record. I saw y'all at, at the Knitting Factory when y'all played in, in Brooklyn. Man, it was, the show was great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, you had a pretty funny T-shirt for that tour. I'm sure you remember it. it did the back said Casey Dietz is the best drummer in the world or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Whose idea was that? Uh, it was. Our friend who went on tour with us a few years ago, she was doing merch, and I guess all these people were kind of saying uh, that to her, just like, oh, KCDs is the best fucking drummer ever, or whatever. And uh, she was like, mm-hmm. well, you guys should make a shirt with just that on it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's a total joke. I don't really think I'm the best drummer ever, but also, right. also kind of do. I don't know. Any, <laughs> everyone kind of thinks that or something. I don't know. It's yeah, it's tongue in cheek. You you did a, a tour recently. I saw uh, in via social media with a project that you had going on. What was the deal with that? Oh, the Americas. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's me and my old buddy from Chico, and uh, just a two piece. Um, just a lot a lot of like guitar looping and layering, and there's definitely vocals too. We put out a it's like a two CD thing that we haven't released online yet, and we did a little tour like West just west coast and we went to salt lake too and with our friends team skins and uh yeah super fun tour very efficient (laughs) i was kind of like the the band daddy for that just like i did all the driving and i did you know i was like watching the clock all the time make sure everyone gets up it was like team skins first tour so i was like i was kind of worried these rookies are gonna like fuck my whole plan up or whatever (laughs) But it was great. They're they're fucking super awesome and and really great dudes. Yeah, there's um we have a band camp and Facebook page. Okay. Um yeah, it's definitely out there. Yeah, this the online store will be up soon so people can buy the the that CD if they wish. <laughs>
tell me something. Um, you mentioned uh, going to Japan again. What is your experience? Do you have any bizarre experiences in Japan? Japan seems like such an interesting place, and I've I've yet to go. I hope one of these days to to witness it firsthand. Oh yeah, you totally should. It's my favorite place on earth. Uh, is it really? Yeah, I I love it so much. Yeah, I can't wait to go back. Really? Um, what do you what do you love so much about it? Like the the food. The atmosphere, it's clean, people are polite, and I mean, especially nowadays, like compared to America, it's just like fantasy world. <laughs> it's like <laughs> such an escape. I don't know. I wish I could live there, but it just it's, seems impossible. But I'm wow. always trying to find a way to just like, huh, how can I live in Japan? But it's just like, ah, I guess I'm just happy there. I'll, I'll be totally happy if I go once every few years or something. <laughs> Uh, how are the shows? How is it playing there? How are, how are y'all received? I guess good enough to go back. Yeah, it's great. It's been great every single time. The audiences are like really respectful and attentive and uh, and they get into it too. And they, yeah, they just love it. I love it. Yeah, the big music fans. And you can tell. What else do you have going on uh, in 2017? Any particular gigs outside of the Japan run? And uh, I guess maybe just trying to write a new record with Velveteen? Yeah, new new Velveteen stuff. I'm starting to record. Like I have a bunch of songs that I I wrote on guitar, and I'm starting to to get that ball rolling, and uh, which I'm really excited. What kind about. of stuff is it? It's like uh, how would you describe the guitar stuff you've been doing? Like kind of like Polvo, Chavez. Oh, cool, cool. Loma Prieta. Uh huh. You mentioned Polvo Chavez. I take it you're a fan of '90s rock. Oh yeah, that's definitely my shit. I saw Chavez. Uh, Chavez did a reunion tour quite some time ago. I don't, did you happen to see that by any chance? I saw them. I think on the the first West Coast like reunion tour they did. But yeah, they're they're one of my like top five bands. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, James Lowe. I yeah. He's definitely a big influence. Chavez is is killer. Did you get much? Uh, another band that did some reunion shows, um, uh, Shiner. Did you ever get yes. much into those guys? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Jason Gherkin. <laughs> there's some killer drumming on those fucking Shiner records. Yeah, the Egg for sure. Like that's that was the the record that I latched onto. And I think he did Starless. He's on Starless and and, and the Egg. And the egg. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw them in uh He's a fucking <laughs> in San Francisco and he was like chatting me up right before the the show and I didn't know like who he was. He was just like this friendly guy. <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, you're one of my favorite drummers ever." <laughs> yeah, he was he was super chill. That was they were fucking awesome. So killer. Yeah, they were. That was a great show. Absolutely. I'm interested to hear your uh, some of this solo stuff knowing that you and I like a lot of the same kind of 90s 90s bands oh yeah i'll have to send you send you that when i'm when i'm done with that for sure i hear that influence i guess in the velvet teen as well there's there's still like some kind of 90s guitar (laughs) style stuff is that is that a uh is there that influence maybe even unconsciously with that band oh yeah i think so it's just inescapable to to all of us it's gonna be there forever no matter how hard we try to like cover it up with synths or whatever (laughs) right right it's always gonna have that core i think being attached to that music in in our formative years it can't ever escape it so that's my yeah that's my favorite kind of shit but even though i love all kinds of new electronic 
stuff and still come back to that uh i sometimes ask people about uh nightmare gigs um that was one did you have uh any one show in particular that was just like a fucking train wreck yeah a few of them <laughs> for some, yeah for some reason there's been like like a few shows where i i personally have started drama with with the people at the show like the 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 the, the, the people in attendance or the people in your band well, in Delaware, we we played this show and and um, it just felt fucking haunted. Like right when we pulled up, I think it was Mojo Thirteen was the name of the venue. Huh. Everywhere we went, it was just like really creepy, weird sounds. And then we played with this this band who was just like the fr- the front man was just really drunk and being a jackass. And so I was egging him on a little bit, like standing in front of him as he was playing and. And then I just like said a bunch of bullshit on the mic and we ended up having like a full fucking band fight like with them and like (laughs) Velveteen like mid song. It was ridiculous. Really? Yeah. During their set? Y'all, y'all had a full on fucking fight? No, during our set, I like said some shit on the mic and then they like were like (laughs) rushed the stage. Yeah, it was it was that bad. That's amazing. Yeah, Velveteen in a fucking fist fight. With a with another band, <laughs> it was yeah not not a cool chill moment in my life. But it wasn't. But I tell you what, it's it's one hell of a story. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that there's that. Yeah, all the other shows have been great. <laughs> well, Casey, thanks for talking to me, man. I'm gonna go drink some beer. I'm still hungover from last night, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta get the hair of the dog in me. I'm fucking feeling crazy. <laughs> right on. Enjoy that. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to Casey for hanging and talking. Look for the Velveteen later this year, and if, if there are any listeners in Japan, go see them if you haven't already. They're fucking killer. So we'll catch you all on the next one. Crash Bang Boom! Boom!